Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And he was super buff and he threw my legs over his shoulders, but then like lifted me up to his level of his face. And I hit my head on the ceiling. <laughs> Welcome back to That's a Gay Ass Podcast, the podcast that asks, whose fault is it that you're gay? It is me, Eric Williams. And this week, we have Broadway star Jason Michael Snow on the podcast, uh, who not only has been on television and one of the most famous Broadway musicals ever, but uh, won That's a Gay Ass Live show in September in LA. So we've got gay royalty here, queens, kings, themes, and teens. Um, speaking of That's a Gay Ass Live show can't say enough words about how perfect it was this past week um we sold out chelsea music hall the biggest venue we've ever done the opening night of the new york comedy festival and god it it was next level um if you want to watch the full thing it is on patreon at patreon.com slash gay ass podcast and you just have to check out bowen yang's lip sync of allison janney from drop dead gorgeous the fucking hottest himbos doing full choreo and the new opening number and the panelists just Jessica Vosk, Bowen, Chris Murphy were so competitive. They gave me so much shit during the trivia round, especially with one question involving Timothy Chalamet and the Jimmy Awards. <laughs> so if you want to watch that full video, it is on patreon.com slash gayasspodcast. That's only five bucks. Five bucks for that and bonus apps. But we're going to get into this episode of That's a Gay Ass Podcast with Jason Michael Snow. Yes, the Broadway show is he did the original cast of The Book of Mormon. He's been on television and Black Monday, special, This Is Us, and more. And this episode is just a delight. Enjoy the episode. Tell your gay-ass friends and your straight allies about That's a Gay-Ass Podcast. Jason, I think I told you this in person, but I have seen you on Broadway in the original Broadway company of The Book of Mormon. I have seen you perform one of the most iconic Broadway master pieces, and I've heard you sing, dare I say, on the Frozen movie soundtrack. <laughs> dare I say? Yes, yes. There's a couple other things I've seen you in that I will drop in a minute. But um, can you tell us, is there a story you tell people when you say, yeah, I was a part of one of the most famous Broadway productions as to like how you got involved with it? Or was it pretty much like I auditioned and she booked? Do you, I mean, the, the real story is, is sad and, and, and disheartening for a lot of musical theater hopefuls. 
uh, we were all just asked by people who knew funny people to do a reading. And then Matt and Trey were loyal the whole time. And I never auditioned for the Book of Mormon. Neither did anybody else. That's not sad. I think that's actually like a testament to like good people supporting good people. Yeah. Or Remus messaged me while I on Facebook while I was on the national tour of Xanadu. <gasps> And was just like, hey, because uh, he and I used to send these really funny videos back and forth. I remember I introduced him to Scarlet Takes a Tumble when that came out. Okay, Scarlet Takes a Tumble raised me. Um, yeah, that's, just, that's how far back this goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, well, how did she go back to the beginning of that song? When we were young, <laughs> I thought I knew it all. <laughs> Do we think Scarlet's doing okay today? Oh, someone should reach out. Honestly, someone should check in. A reunion concert of Scarlet Takes a Tumble oh, is just that on repeat. God, at this point, someone's got to orchestrate it. She should do Carnegie Hall. I mean, listen, Laura Benanti broke her neck doing Into the Woods. Scarlet Takes a Tumble should be getting the, the, the career of Laura, of Laura Benanti. <laughs> Wait, but I want a full, like, behind her as she's singing her anthemic song, uh, like a Mia Michaels interpretive, you know, someone dancing, falling through a. <laughs> No, where they just have to keep keep falling onto the edge of the coffee table. (laughs) If there's anybody listening who hasn't seen Scarlet Takes a Tumble, this is your homework. And I might even put the link anywhere. It's important. But anyways, so Facebook message, this is the days of Scarlet Takes a Tumble. Yeah, that led to, we just would send funny viral YouTube videos to each other. And then eventually he just said, hey, when you're done with tour, uh, I'm doing a reading. Wonder if you're available. And I was like, yeah, sure. I'm totally available. I... I just booked my first Broadway show and I should be available that week because I left Xanadu to do South Pacific on What? Yeah. And then the week I opened South Pacific and my mom and my and my stepdad were in town. We were walking through Hell's Kitchen. I got a call from my agent. Hey, uh, you're doing the reading of the new Matt and Trey musical uh, Book of Mormon and it starts next week. And I it was the day that I was making my Broadway debut that I got that call. And I mean, it was just, it was just a reading. It was like cute. And then I think I am a little angry, just that kind of. I like, know. Like that's. Kind I know. Of, that's kind of infuriating. How amazing that is. But the gag was <laughs> when Casey Nicola came in. He had a session where we all came in, and he just tried some choreography on us, and most of us just fell on the floor, hurt ourselves, ran into each other, and we all laugh about the fact that if we had to audition, none of us would have booked that show. None. But then how did you, how were you able to actually do the inevitable, difficult Broadway tap choreog? You just sell it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Face, face, face. Arms, yeah. arms, arms. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If you're looking up here, you're not looking down here. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I don't think I told you this at the show, but, I, or maybe I did. I was 23 and they were looking for a replacement for Rory O'Malley. And I got a call back and um, did. I had so much, so much inexperience. So, so little experience, one might say. Sure. And um, did not sleep the night before. Probably didn't even prepare oh, yeah. the way that a smart person would have. I was, and I went in there and just bombed it, just did an <laughs> awful, awful job and, and was never asked to be back in the Book of Mormon sphere. But I think that. In a some look, way, it worked out. It worked, it worked out. out because look at me now. I am. You're crushing ta- it. I'm talking to you, and that <laughs> uh, honestly, if, if anything took me to staring at Jason Michael Snow's stunning skin, 
And by the way, oh, listen, listen. You, I mean, look at your cute little coiffed beard. I like this art, this sexual art behind you. Okay, do you want to know there is sexual art behind me? That um, Sedgwick, something Sedgwick, really hot guy, does this art, and yeah. my husband is kind of living into his slutty dreams of like putting a pencil drawing of a naked man in our home, and so he bought this online, puts it up, and I realize when I do therapy now. Yeah. Oh. What, is my, what is my therapist staring at? Yeah, he's what staring a, at a cute butt and a jockstrap. I mean, yeah, and like the jockstrap, you can li- literally see cock outline. And then your therapist is like, tell me more about Fire Island. <laughs> I, she, you know what's funny is that she, I would talk to her about fuckery, mm-hmm. but I kind of find that in my station of life, my traumas are not too much about sex sex which is actually kind of amazing right yeah what are your what are your traumas my traumas are about the critics in my head that are telling me that i am a piece of shit who is also if i do anything vulnerable i'm not safe wow that got dark and real but that's exactly i no. i had that session this morning i mean i so i am literally days off of the last show in in new york and it was i literally lost weight uh the week before the show because my stomach would not allow it to keep food inside of it because it was saying like you're not safe you're not safe and uh you should be and you're gonna fail and it's gonna be bad and it's gonna be bad it's funny exactly and then but my brain the thing that's so frustrating is my brain knows that it's okay that's the thing is like my brain is 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 coming around it's like eric no matter what let's say bo and yang has to go to a snl thing and he has to pull out of the show you are going to get someone else to do the show and it's still gonna be a great night i'm like if whatever happens it's still gonna be but my body was like do you want to go have diarrhea (laughs) yep correct correct literally i just got back from the gym and as i was leaving to go to the gym i told my partner i was like um i'm probably never gonna be a writer everything's gonna be complete failure for me uh i i'm gonna go to the gym because i'm having these horrible dark feelings and i'm gonna run extra long today oh just to kind of like purge it and do you want to know what i listened to when i ran today barbara streisand's new book no you and zach noe towers (gasps) <gasps> somehow somehow just as gay as barbara streisand wait Correct. was it on was it on good morning sodomites or that's a gay ass podcast that's a gay ass podcast oh my god she well, was doing prep work she was researching she was she was researching she left a review she left a review okay everybody review. take notes of jms pitiful pinafore take, take three <laughs> take notes on jms pinafore on instagram what is your instagram <laughs> handle why is that what is that uh okay we is it because uh, of wait wait, wait don't don't can yeah. i guess really fast because i'm just realizing yeah, the second i asked it i was like wait is that a gilbert and sullivan reference yeah but i don't even know what that show is but it is a gilbert because the show is hms pinafore correct and you are Jason Michael Snow, JMS. Wow. So it's even faggier than I could have imagined. 100%. And the and the biggest gag is so, I, someone at some point at a stage door in Book of Mormon came and started singing something from that to me. And they were like, that's your Instagram, right? Don't you love that? I was like, oh, no, I don't know that at all. Sweetie, sweetie. No, I just put Sorry, it Sorry, honey. Sorry, honey. I just thought the pun was funny. I don't know Gilbert and Sullivan and I won't. You're you're doing Karen Walker in the Broadway company of Book of Mormon. <laughs> this, honey, is, honey. this is Drew Drogi does Karen Walker. Oh God, that would <laughs> would pay front row. Oh. Drew Drogi's after Chloe Sevigny is just Karen Walker <gasps> send ups. Um, were all the Book of Mormon boys fucking? So we were fifty fifty straight and gay in in the cast. Oy. Legit. Oy. I know. 
Um, they're, they're, uh, without spilling too much tea, the gays were not being irresponsible. The straights, the straights were... I cannot speak to. You were telling, you know what you're telling me right now that I'm going to project is that the straights were blowing up marriages. I shan't comment any further. God, I love being smart. I love being good. And I love being right. <laughs> you know what? There, There is not a more chaotic profession for relationships than musical oh, theater. <laughs> the amount of 100%. relationships I've seen crumble from people being on tour or Broadway or whatever it is. Or fucking Summerstock because they're oh. having a showmance. Showmances break the bonds of government contracts. I learned very early on. I had a showmance on the tour of Xanadu that went so south and so horrible that Jason, I was no. like, I shall never. Well, but I mean, you know, you're 24 years old and it's cute and it's fun. And you just are like, okay, I shan't do this at work again. Did it go south because you were like a quarter into the tour and you guys. Ended we, up- we were hooking up. It was great. I had licensed in that show to improvise. I did a certain improvisation that that person did not find funny and ha- and they went to stage management and had me written up. <laughs> was this, was this to... while you were hooking up or after you stopped hooking up? While. Who the fuck and is I this went, troll? And I went to their dressing room and I, and I threw the door open and I was like, listen, it's funny because, and I spelled out exactly why it was funny. And, and he was like, Jason, listen, when you become a professional someday, you'll know that there's a thing called freezing a show. And I said, well, listen, when you do a comedy, you'll understand that there's a thing called timing and keeping it fresh. And Dance of the Vampires doesn't count. <laughs> and then we didn't talk for five months. <laughs> Naturally, and that's the natural next progression. You don't talk for the next half of a calendar yeah. year. Um, yep. Wait, since Xanadu was one of the things that I would listen to uh, religiously, what what was your track? What track were you? Uh, Curtis Holbrook did uh, the Thalia, the Muse of Comedy. We did we did an off Broadway show together called Saved at Playwrights Horizons, and he said they're going to do the tour of Xanadu. I think you'd be great. I want to coach you, and he did. And we're still like good friends to this day. I love, love, love Curtis. And uh, basically, helped, he helped me get the job. And and I was the muse of comedy and did that for nine months on the road. Wow, wow, wow. Was um was that with Max von Essen? Mm-hmm. And Elizabeth Stanley. Oh, see, this is oh, like you're catching me. Goddess. You're catching me at like your. I, I think it's probably why it's surreal that I know you now is because my chapter in life of like Broadway faggy fandom was yeah. when you when you were like these shows you were doing was like i did the standby line to see book of mormon i stood in the mm-hmm. back to watch the original cast and i felt like i was witnessing i mean i was like witnessing her story and like you that it's like here we are like here we are That's fine. jason oh, michael well, snow look, here we are just two we're listen we're we're two living breathing anxiety-ridden homosexual men and ain't that the truth and because (laughs) we both have this shared anxiety experience i am curious about your answer for the famous podcast question jason michael snow tell me whose fault is it that you're gay who do we blame babe you know i think we can blame two people we can first of all blame sylvester stallone Mm. my father loved action movies and would watch them on TV. And I was terrible about staying in my room when I was supposed to be like taking a nap. And I would sneak 
to the you know corner and like peer over and mm-hmm. watch whatever movie my parents were watching, whatever. I rem- I have a very visceral memory of peeking around the corny- corner, seeing Sylvester Stallone like bulky, oiled up, mm. 1980s sex, you know, mullet, shooting something, I don't know. And me just as a tiny child going, oh, oh, nipples, please. Oh. And uh, that's now my current demographic for every app I'm on. Sylvester Stallone oiled up daddy. Bingo. Bingo. Yes, correct. And so that was the that was the awakening. And then Clue was on TV all the time. Mm. And I saw myself in Leslie Ann Warren so deeply. <laughs> deeply. I saw myself in Leslie Ann Warren. That is merch. I mean, I, rem- I, got, I remember getting grounded so hardcore. My mom was putting my snowsuit on me. And she's, you know, like buttoning everything. And I fully went, get your mitts off me. And she goes, Jason Snow, get your around right now. I was in so much trouble. Wait, how old were you? How old were you when that happened? Oh, six, five, get six. Your mitts get off. your mitts. And I sold it. Oh, I know you I sold mean, it. Sweetie, you know what I mean? Like sweetie, I was angry. Sweetie, sweetie, sweetie. I have a uh, a five year old nephew who just sent us a video of him uh, t- sending a message to the family chat about how excited he is for my brother's wedding. And he goes, "We're so excited to go to the wedding, and we love you." Wow, much. And I said, sweetie, that's a performer. And uh-huh, she uh-huh. has it. And, and she, that is Leslie Ann Warren <laughs> reincarnated. Yeah, yeah, and that is. Yeah. So you are sexually gay because of Sylvester Stallone, culturally <laughs> gay because of Clue. And I think Bingo. that sort of gives us the, the JMS pinafore who has great taste and is horny AF. Yeah, that actually, I've never thought of it that way. That is that is all sides of my prism. That's all you need to know. Does the Sylvester Stallone type in the apps today, does it, I have to ask this because it's in my uh, contract with God, uh, mm, d- is it mm. body Is it body hair centric? Does, I don't remember if Sylvester Stallone has much. He doesn't have any, but I tend to drift toward the ones that do. Okay, because your your mm-hmm. husband does. Yeah. And your husband, yeah, yeah, yeah. you are both quite hot together. So I want to make oh, sure that's that, is, that is known on this podcast. He's he was a diver in college and then a Cirque guy when I first met him. I went and watched him do a competition in Vegas on rope. You're kidding. It was really hot. How did you did you meet him backstage at the We met on Scruff? Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. He was at his writing partner's house, which was just a few blocks down the street from where I first lived here in LA. How many years ago was this? Seven. Wow. Yeah. Vintage scruff seven Vintage years scruff, ago. Honey. So yeah. that, that there's so much to unpack in this the the story because if we paint the picture of where you're rounding the corner to watch Sylvester, what US state are we in? We are we're in Boise, Idaho. Okay, so this is already giving us a clearer picture of your uh-huh. mom being upset by, you know, you get your mitts off me. Um because Boise, Idaho are we talking, you're coming from repressed Catholic? Oh, yes, going... Catholic. All the neighbors were Mormon. Oh, wow. All of them. LDS. My mom learned the best canning recipes from all the Mormon moms around the neighborhood. God, what to be to be a canned mom in Idaho. I mean, and then my, my dad coached uh, the Boise State uh, Broncos football team. Are you so kidding? So that was... Yeah, his, his so he he uh, was drafted by the New York Giants for a hot second. Then when I came along, was a coach for college football, and so we 
were like in Seattle with the Huskies for a while. Then we were in Boise with the Broncos. Then the divorce happened. And then Spokane, Washington, here I come. And that's where I stayed. So you are the literal gay Broadway tap dancing, flap jacking son of a football star coach. Bingo. And an AP biology teaching mother. Well, that that I mean, confirms you're gay because any female teacher who has a child is running the risk of... Correct. Teachers, Pat. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you have... How, what age did your parents get divorced? How old were you? Four or five. Okay, so so pretty yeah. early. So then is your father's athleticism, did that play a role in any of your... Do you, I'm trying to gauge where, because I know where my anxiety yes. is coming from. Where where do we think you're, like, I'm not good enough? Um, whose voice is that, as my therapist might say? And what's, is it coming yeah, from yeah. that? The voice is when I applied to colleges, I, I applied to all the state schools and then my one Hail Mary, which was the Boston Conservatory. I didn't mm-hmm. apply to any other dramatic arts anything. Yeah. And when I got accepted at BOCO, my stepdad, my dad, and my stepmom, the three of them, all basically said, you know, the statistics of making it and acting is really low. They gave me all the numbers. My stepdad was like, you got to have a backup plan. I don't think this is a good college because you can't do any other majors. And what are you going to do when you don't make it? So there were just lots of like, it was the ultimate pragmatism that they mm. thought was helpful mm. that now follows me everywhere. And my mom was the one voice that said, run, go, I will support you, run to Boston, don't look oh. back, we'll figure it out. You are taking me back to so many conversations about the pressure that is put on a 17-year-old child Ugh. applying to schools yes. and then saying, because I also, I had, I mean, and listen, I have a friend that is an amazing person and she, and she, but when I told her that I was deciding between NYU and um, Syracuse, and I was like, I'm just, I'm going to go to NYU. I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm coming from St. Louis, Missouri. I had barely been to New York. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go move to New York and be and do it. And she was like, are you sure? Like, are, are you sure you want to move to New York City? And I remember looking at her and being like, I actually know where this is. This is coming from the like comfort of our Midwest lives. It's coming from like our school mm-hmm. telling us what professions bring you success and stability. So I, I have zero judgment or qualms from her saying that but i do i did remember feeling in my tummy i was like no this is this is where i need to go to like take the chance that i feel like i need and yes for you to be told that well you're not gonna you're you're not gonna succeed oh yeah you you need a backup plan and this conservatory will not give you that i mean i literally did not apply to certain conservatories because my parents said those same things and they don't i think you know, no no parent means to be discouraging to a dream, but I think when you're in these small towns, you know, Spokane's, I think at the time was like 100,000 people. It was not big. Yeah. And when, at least in Spokane, the biggest aspiration is to go to Seattle. If you go to Seattle, you've made it. The big city. You know, the big city. So going to New York is like Mars. You yeah. know, that's not even a concept to anybody. So when you have a 17-year-old, everyone's just looking out for this kiddo and just saying, oh my God, don't 
you know, walk before you can run. Right. And then if you've got that one person, I will say that uh, as soon as I could, because Lincoln Center would not let me uh, thank anybody in my bio. They were like, no editorializing. And they were ah. very angry about it. But in Book of Mormon, you know, you could write whatever you wanted. So I thanked the three women that are the reason I was on that stage. My high school drama teacher, who's still one of my best friends my mom, and my college voice teacher. Those oh. three women are the reason I have gotten anywhere in life. And any chance we have on this podcast to give the women who championed us, give them yes. their flowers, we give them their flowers because these yes. women are our safe spaces, our encouragers, and our soldiers that are like the people that we needed. And God, I don't even know these women in your life, and I love them, and I do know them. Oh, I do know them. They're fabulous. Yeah. I think, you know, especially gay men, we identify, I think, a lot, you know, I I, I think we all have this conversation of, why, you know, why do gay men identify with strong women characters so much? And it's like, because there's a sense of sameness. There's a sense of, I, I, I project, but also see myself in your struggle. I understand, in a, to a point, the struggle you have, because I have a similar... I'm I'm walking a similar path and right. I've seen you rise above it and I want to rise above it. Exactly. And part of the path, I think, is by a lot of straight men who treat you like you don't deserve the same, you, you don't have the same value or that yeah. you're not as capable or that, I mean, especially for gay men, because you aren't as masculine, that means that you are less than, etc. And, and I think that's why I almost feel like when I hear about your dad's work, it's it's kind of poetry to me that you turned out to be the way you are because it like I mean it really is like you were meant to be this person like I like, also love the idea that my dad at 23 and I at 23 walked the same streets oh because wow. he was drafted by the Giants so he was in New York at 23 and 24 and so was I and I'm like there's there's some kind of similarity and sim like there's there's something there like that, the hero's that, journey between the two of yeah. you has like a yeah a similar arc but it's also there's some kind of like fun hominess about it too oh <laughs> you know <laughs> telephone wire like it's <laughs> oh god i mean we haven't unpacked too much of gays and their dads on this podcast because maybe it's not as fun but i feel <laughs> <laughs> well listen that being said i love a daddy type and let's talk about sex let's talk about sex and by the way the amount so we were just in palm springs for palm springs pride i flew from new york at 7 30 in the morning after the show to palm springs to do like two and a half days of pride and i don't know if i'll ever go back for pride just because it was like mm. Times square was it crazy yeah like we went to the where the gay bars were and no joke matt we were with a friend we met up with a friend matt turns to me and he goes cover your pockets like there's some you know stuff happening and i'm not joking within 30 30 seconds our friend goes i think i dropped my wallet no babe no nope. your crossbody satchel was unzipped and someone took your wallet out of that um all this to say i did lay by a pool in a speedo i did smoke weed Ugh. i did go to the parade and then go into our new friend's store who had a gaggle of hot gays and i met a daddy in there oh my god this is such a good story uh, let me just tell you this yes this is one of the first yes. times on this podcast I'm telling a story about me on Scruff because none of the other stories felt interesting enough to tell. But listen to this. I'm in this <laughs> store of a friend of mine in Palm Springs. I meet their friends. There's these two guys in particular. I'm, ooh, am I? They're a married couple. One is giving exactly what we want. Salt and pep, beard, mm. floral button down where we see chest hair poking out. 
He probably has an icy blue eye if if I'm if my fantasy is correct. Hard hard Gaston energy. Very and I'll say very hard. Yes. Then then his husband is a little younger, a little bit more a little more Sean Cody but still has the bit mm. of the beard, great style, just both hot. I flirt with them relentlessly. The one daddy says, "Find me on Instagram so we can connect." I said, Oh, I'll find you. Oh, find him. Uh, already I, I find, found. Found. Lost and found. I find him. I I uh, go back to the pool, smoking my weed. I get a scruff notification. And the message says, great to meet you in person. I say, what are you talking about? Nine days prior to this, I was in San Francisco for work. And I had had an entire conversation with the hot husband of the daddy nine days before meeting him in Palm Springs at Pride. And then the ending was that we all had to go back to our respective homes the next morning, but there will be a to be to be continued to be continued to be continued. Oh God, I love the blue ballingness of that, isn't it? Yeah, because sometimes the most fun of all this is just the the catch the the ride the ride, if you will. Yeah, and the, I the, will. The, the journey, the hero's journey. Wow, and that's the hero's journey. Uh. So in terms of the hero's journey, I know we've talked a little bit about you and your stunning, do I say p- partner or husband or what? Uh, partner's fine. We're, we're, there's, no, there's been no rings, but we've talked about what are we doing for the rest of our lives. Okay, we're, we're doing this. Great. Oh, we love. Okay, so uh, yeah. husband in practice, uh, partner yeah, yeah. by law. Um, and you are someone that does still utilize the apps on your mobile device. I do, yes. And yeah. When you, and when you find yourself on these mobile apps and you go for these father figures, a lot of people ask when it comes to arrangements in relationships, is it something mm. that you tend to do just one-on-one or is it usually only with your man? Or how does what is that rule, if you don't mind me asking? No, not at all. We uh, have, we more often than not are separate. Uh-huh. Um, but that's only because it's weird, like, my dating taste doesn't run the same as my fantasy taste. Of course. Right? So Daniel's my, you know, life partner dating. Like, I, he kind of checks tons of boxes. But then when you want to go for the fantasy, you're like, I don't need you to check as many. Of course. <laughs> and so his go-to is a is a genre that is not necessarily my go-to. His go-to, we we might find in Williamsburg. Or, um, oh. or you know, with a with a plaid button down that is buttoned all the way up with no tie. Oh, and if he wears a tie, it's cardboard. Bingo! Yes, <laughs> and they're they're skinny but definitely scruffy. Wait, actually, are you, descri- TB- T- are you describing TBH- me with better you. style? <laughs> <laughs> You're describing me, but if it, TBH, if I yes, it yeah, my my partner would be so into you. Um, did you meet him in Palm Springs? Uh, and I then wish. mine is, and then mine is, you know, I need you to be twice my height and twice my size and we're good to go. And age. And age. Yeah. Double everything about me and let's Wait, but Jason, you're not short. I know. <laughs> I want to, I want to climb that fucking tree, baby. What's the tall, if you could name for me like a gorgeous fantasy height right now, what's the number? Oh, I, no, I hooked up with a guy in Chicago once um, and he was 6'5". And he was super buff and he threw my legs over his shoulders, but then like lifted me up to his like level of his face. And I hit my head on the ceiling. 
He's only used to he's only used to pulling up five foot four. Oh, this is it. Pocket gauge. Yeah. And you are you're how tall are you? Five eleven. <laughs> So, you know what I mean? We were I'm picturing ladder. I'm picturing two <laughs> Space Jam basketball cartoon players fucking. <laughs> we need an airplane hanger to make it work. It's just everything's too short. <laughs> the ceilings aren't tall enough in Chicago. Um that that is a gorgeous visual. Was your kepi okay? Your head? Oh, I'm sure it was. <laughs> Did it you... was the least of my worries. <laughs> <laughs> was he trying to like eat your beehole from standing? Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Okay, yes, talk yes. talk about Cirque du Soleil. Jesus Christ. Cirque du Soleil gay, honey. Honey, and don't get it twisted. Um, so how when when people ask, I feel like a lot of the questions I get from because I know a lot of listeners of this pod are either girlies who don't have as much experience or gays who are curious about what a really healthy communicative oh, yeah. non-monog yeah, yeah. relation is. Do you A, do you always tell Daniel? Uh, all the deets or is it kind of like a no you just only do it if it comes up hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life pretty litter is veterinary and developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. So, 
beforehand, we do a communication conversation about the person. We see the pictures, we talk about it, we kind of talk about what the, not necessarily specifics, but we talk about what's the vibe, you know, is the vibe. Because sometimes I'm not feeling like I want to run into the shower and um, fully prepare uh, for every single thing that could happen. Right. Uh, She's 40, and sometimes we just don't want to get railed. No. And so we have long conversations, not long, but we have conversations like, you know, what's the vibe been like? And sometimes it's, no, we just kind of want to, you know, you know, watch TV and like, yeah, fool around, whatever. Uh, And so we do that and check in with each other kind of emotionally, like, how are you doing today? Like, And we both kind of reserve the right to say, I'm feeling a little vulnerable or I'm feeling a little disconnected. Can we just kind of chat or be with each other for a bit? And then maybe it'll pass or maybe I'll just feel, I'll still feel insecure. And we, uh, not several times, but we have both have had times where, where we've said, I'm actually not really feeling it. Do you mind? Is that okay? And the other one's always been like, yeah, totally. It's like, do you mind totally. not hooking up with them? Because I'd rather. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just kind of feeling some sort of way or like, I just had really awful news and I haven't gotten a chance to even tell you about it yet. And so we've, we're, we make a lot of space for each other. And then when it happens and we come back. I am a little bit more, you can tell me everything. Mm-hmm. And he's a little bit more, I need to marinate for a second. And then tomorrow you can tell me everything. Mm. It's so nice, though, to like be able to respect each other's differences. And I think that there's a fear from either straight people or couples who think it's just all super irresponsible that there's just like we're just gonna go fuck and see what happens to my relationship and it's like no there's there's an emotional intelligence that i think that it's almost like a really beautiful testament to queer people forging their own paths in ways that are responsible and full of love and positivity and like sex is excellent and it's yeah. it's like hello why can't we move through life honoring our partner and fucking Do other people other things yeah, yeah i mean I, don't you think because i'm assuming you guys are open too yes yeah we basically eight years of our relationship we were not and then the past mm. two years we've been exploring the non-monog i love yeah well, so it's okay. been great it's been excellent do you find in your in your dalliances and journeys i i hook up with someone and then there's, the, you know, always the inevitable pillow talk or something, you know, when you're putting your clothes back on, you can't get out the door fast enough. Uh, I have that mo- I, I constantly have that moment of, of confirmation of, God, you're boring. Mm. <laughs> like, I can't wait to get back to my partner and like, not necessarily laugh about this, but I can't wait to get back to the person who makes me laugh more than anybody else. Yeah. And the or person I can't, that like, like, you're like, so just like safe and... Uh, yeah that i make dinner with and yeah and we watch the same trash tv and we both love our dogs so thoroughly well, well, that's and, the thing is you never yeah. it's yeah it's, it's you're never just like well i wish i could stay with you and this person i just had sex with and it's, it's like there's never that i mean no. it's funny because i think there's something also about being a gay man that is really f- freeing to me is that i have uh hooked up with one person who we had actually like a lovely conversation like usually i want to get the i'm done so get me out yeah same but this one guy like we just had such a great uh conversation and i of course was like told matt all about it but i think like i've introduced him to other friends of mine and like and i and i think that there's like actually when it can become a friendship that transcends that one moment that's actually another Mm -hmm. example of like specialness but it also Mm -hmm. again doesn't get in the way of your relation so i think it's like it's 
at the end of the day, it's so different from what we were told was okay growing up. I yes, mean, I can only yes. imagine in Boise that Ugh. there's only the straight relation and then you have your children oh, yeah. and then if any mention of a key party is <laughs> did you ever see that show on hbo that with the drag queens were here of course so one of the episodes i think in season one is boise mm. and i watched it just because i mean i haven't lived there you know since i was a toddler or you know a kindergartner but i i watched it because i i'd gone back and visited a couple times because my friends from you know I, I knew some friends there and uh, I I watched that episode and I was like, yeah, I forgot. It's, this is bleak. This place is tough. And so many queer boys and girls and and non-binary folk come from these tiny, tiny hole-in-the-wall places. And and it's just such a I love, well, I mean, look, let's let me just let me just butter you up a bit. I love things like this. I love these kinds of podcasts. I love these kinds of TV shows that show that there is a community, that there is something larger that you can like get the hell out and find your brothers and sisters that you did not actually grow up with. Yes. You find your other brothers and sisters and you create a family and it is so worth it. I completely agree. And I had an experience that, again, to talk about these critics we have in our heads and the tough things we say to mm. each other, it makes it even more meaningful when like when you say something like that to me, I can like really take that in. And I, I, I really appreciate that because I... My therapist actually lives in New Jersey. She's uh, can practice in California and New York, and I have loved her so much. And oh, she told, you're so lucky, so lucky. And she told me when I do my show in New York, she's going to come to the show if that's okay with me. I was like, of course it's okay. She comes to the show on Friday, and she brings her 19 or 20 year old daughter, and her daughter. I think lives a life in New Jersey that is very much, you know, it's still, I think, a somewhat sheltered is what my therapist said. And and what she told me is that she saw this show and she could not stop saying how lit the show was and that she didn't know that things like that existed. And she couldn't believe how free people in the audience felt to be so silly and just like she had never experienced anything like that and it opened her eyes to like what could be and oh. my therapist told me that like what she found was is magical about the show and the podcast is that it gives people the feeling of like ability to get out of their own way and just be you know stupid and queer yeah. and whatever the fuck it is and like that is by far the nicest compliment because like I, I think when you're a perfectionist or whatever you get lost in the sauce of Am I mm -hmm, mm -hmm. singing this well? Is that joke written well enough? Yeah, is, did I hit all the right beat? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, is, exactly. But, but you then, go to the script of it. Exactly. And then you zoom out and like to be able to actually live in that idea of showing people that not only can you transcend the bogus rules we were given, but you can actually create probably a more fulfilling life after you've yes. dealt with the feelings those rules gave you. Well, isn't it shocking? And and I mean, it's just so ironically dumb to to just realize that the answer to everything is communication in all of its forms. Yeah, it's tough. And I, you're like, it's <laughs> what a simple fucking response of like, yeah, the 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 ease of which any couple in any way they want to to have a conversation with their partners about sexual fulfillment is just talking about. It. Yeah, and I and I think also whatever your flavor of trauma, I think Catholics have no talking, no communication is the, is the stereotype. My stereotype of Jews is over communication or just like 
mm-hmm. I don't know what the fuck you would call it, but just like boundaryless, you know, mess. And so I think like meeting in the middle is is the way. Yeah. But I do need to ask you the next podcast question, Jason oh, Michael Snow. Sure. If the world was ending, you could only save one character actress. Who would you save? <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Ed. <laughs> uh, whoa. Uh, share as a horse. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, um, when I read this in your email brief, I, I had an immediate answer. Then I second guessed it. And then I said, no, I shan't do that. Catherine Hahn. Oh, yeah, baby. Done. I love that you trusted your gut, Jason. It's important to do that. And can you tell me when your mind goes to Catherine Hahn? Mm. What's the entree or the role that you envisage? Oh, win a date with Tad Hamilton. No doubt. Because she had that stupid bartendress role and 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 it was a nothing part. And has this, you know, she's just given advice to um that guy from that 70s show. I always forget his name, Topher Grace. Yeah. Uh she's given him all this advice. It's, you know, she's like his therapist at the bar over and over. And then at the end, she sa- she has this beautiful four-line monologue where she says something like, you know, go after her and tell her how you feel because that's what I wish I would have done or something. And she looks right at him. And then he realizes she's in love with them. And you're like, (gasps) Catherine Hahn, how are you so funny and so heartbreaking? That is, I think, the perfect encapsulation of our character actresses that we think deserve to live is that they have such humanity with their cuntiness, with their heartfeltedness, with... Mm -hmm. And Catherine is such a good example. And by the way, I'm... Afraid to tell you, I have. I, I if I've seen this movie, it was far, far a lot f- oh. enough long ago that I don't think I remember an ounce of I've it. I've only seen it once. Okay, literally, well, I've only seen it once, and for some reason, this particular performance, I clocked, and I have never forgotten her name or her since that moment. Well, I'm not joking. I googled Catherine Hahn in this movie, and and she has not only crimped hair behind this bar. But yeah. there's also there's also a look of her, and this is I think something I've never uh, unpacked. What turned me gay? But what turned me gay is the hairstyle that women could do, where they would zigzag a line in the top of their hair with their mm-hmm. end of their hairbrush, and then it would cascade down. And Catherine Hahn has this hair in that movie as well. And I would say it's a one-two oh, punch. Yes. The the Jody Swenson of it all, yes. absolutely, yeah. There's something so magical about a zigzag hair, uh, um, part, a zigzag part. And she's also giving you full Melissa Etheridge, Paula mm. Cole, yeah. Lilith Fair vibes. It's it's you oh, know. she's wearing in one of these in that screen grab. She's wearing an open button down shirt that's sort of platy with an orange <laughs> cami under it. A cami. Remember watching your girlfriends in middle and high school oh, yes. either like have their Sophie shorts or their camis and just thinking, I wish I could wear a camisole. I remember in college, a girlfriend taking me to, uh, it was Filing's Basement. Do you remember Filing's Basement? Of course. Like the, the, the old school uh, Goodwill and on the East Coast only. And... I remember telling her, I want to look like Avril Lavigne. And we went on a full... <laughs> yep, yep. We went on a full shopping spree. <laughs> Who's your style inspo? Avril Lavigne. <laughs> Avril Lavigne. I mean, we're talking the deep, like, boot-cut jeans, the black, the white, the pink. 
And I remember going out in uh, the back bay that night and just thinking, I'm just going to get so much attention. <laughs> and <laughs> not a single I think look. I put eyeliner, just eyeliner and not a single look, just kind of a, okay, that person's here. Another weirdo. Another weirdo with smudgy eyeliner and a yellow and black plaid shirt. God, I look like I was just a a member of the craft. (laughs) But listen, we were trying (laughs) to find our way. And when I was trying to find my way, Avril Lavigne's I'm With You, I would just cry and sing to that song thinking about the things that I didn't have and the things that I wanted and the the hopes that I thought would never come true. I'm with you. It's so... Oh, yeah. Avril Avril gets it. I kid you not, when in college they make you sing these pop songs and like you have to identify with them emotionally. I remember in the practice room going through all these different ones and I brought up I'm With You and when I got to the part, she says something like, I'm, st- I'm standing on a bridge. I thought that you'd be here by now. And when I got to, I thought that you'd be here by now, I thought of this like guy that totally just ghosted and broke up with me and I burst into tears and my like scene partner that I was doing the practice session with was like, you should sing this song. And I was like, I can't, it's too hard. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I'm singing some. I think I end up singing "Wake Me Up Before You Go Go" instead. Wake me up before I. Oh, you, that's. I think that's much more emotionally centered. <laughs> what a safe choice. I love how I love how dramatic theater people are, and by that I mean I can't stand it most of the oh, time. One thousand percent. But you, the, to the, me, you transcend. This is what's so magical about you. You like. You have the encyclopedic knowledge, you have the talent, you have the wit, but you're also not annoying. I mean, honestly, because I, I thank you, first of all, it's very kind. I, I think most of my dressing roommates would beg to differ, <laughs> but <laughs> I think it's only because I, and this all goes back to college, I lived with all straight men. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And w- they would they would go, and I would sneak, I would, like, skip class. And you know, like, when most musical theater people skip class, it's like, I don't know what the hell normal people do. I would skip class and go to uh, Red Sox games. What? With my straight roommates. Because oh. I just, I liked them and they were fun. And I didn't mind baseball. And I just had this sense of, like, going to baseball games and watching real deep idiotic straight people acting Mm. a fool Mm. and just getting this kind of sense of oh my god everyone's a nightmare yes every single person's a nightmare especially especially theater people and you know that is a bit of a freeing thought i think is in every (laughs) pocket of humanity are the most obnoxious people you've ever met and yes theater people are an advanced form of that species but i do think like the awareness is the first step yeah, and I think the sports like uh, uh, comparison is the other is the exact other side of the intensity of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. People are screaming their heads off when you're like in a recital hitting a high note. And they're like, "Yes, Queen! Oh my God, F sharp!" And then they're also screaming their heads off when someone hits a grand slam, and you're like, "Sir, sit down. It's just a grand slam. Relax. Relax. I am not Relax. joking. This is said with love. But someone in the show in New York after the show, I said what to someone, and he goes, "That was a B." <laughs> I was like, I forgot. I forgot that people oh, label no. the the pitches. I forgot that people label the pitches. Oh no! And 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 that was unacceptable, sir. <laughs> no, is what that no. was. And his initials are Bo and Yang. B Y. 
<laughs> no, can you imagine Bo and Yang? That was a B, bitch. What if Bo and Yang also had perfect pitch on top of everything else? Honestly, he probably <laughs> fucking does. Someone, someone. Oh, my friends when I went to Palm Springs were like, so like, how, like asking about the show and like, how is Bo and Yang actually like? And I was like, he is like could not be kinder or it's like one of those people that I think That's like, great. I think it's one of those people that. You know, it's like stars in Hollywood who are just like no one has a mean yeah. word to say about them because they're like stupidly talented and quite down to earth and nice. And I think Bowen is like going to be one of those like in the history books that's just like beyond lovely. And I you, love that. you would you would never know like that he had just gotten off a fucking marathon of SNL the last week and on his off weekend was doing Chelsea Music the, gay, the gayest game show. The gayest game show of Gaggery. Um, God, I want to make sure I have everything um, in this app because there's so much about Jason Michael Snow. Um, years ago, there was a friend of yours who had a birthday party in Palm Springs, and this is Jesse Vargas, and this is where Trish was born. Now, Trish, you've posted about, and remember, I do my research, Jason. This is not just a gay guy talking into a mic. She knows this is serious business. <laughs> what? This is a wig that's giving Carrie Bradshaw 100% in the white skirt when the bus splashes water. Trish, who is Trish, Jason? <laughs> So the wig, first of all, was purchased when I did a, a duo costume for Halloween. Uh, it was a costume competition, and I went as Jennifer Grey in Dirty Dancing. <laughs> <laughs> so gay. Right? So good. It's the so same good. hairstyle. Did you do anything to your nose? I did not. I thought that might not be uh, very appropriate. <laughs> and that was the right answer. And that yes, was the yes, right yes, answer. Yes, of course. So Trish, Trish is my mom. Trish is literally, Trish is my mother. Biology teacher Trish biology teachers my mom you could always say she would go up to the neighbors and you would hear her coming home from having two lemon drops she loved lemon drops and you would hear her walking down the street and she'd be like ah! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you'd be like well mom's home she's had lemon drops <laughs> i'm gonna say that's uh two lemon drops this time maybe two. maybe yeah. two and a sip <laughs> yeah but yeah so i it was it was a stupid weekend. We were all just doing acting fools, and I just thought it would be really funny to make everyone laugh if my mom came out in a muumu. And then they they were like, "Name her," and I was like, "Her name's Trish." Her name is Trish, and we love Trish. And honestly, if I may manifest one day, you and me giggling with you in Trish's wig, and um, yes, I'll be high as a kite. Done, done. I'll see you at the Eagle tonight. Perfect. A Tuesday night at the Eagle with Trish. Can you imagine just walking in in that fucking wig at the Eagle? I'll take you home. <laughs> there's there's <laughs> penetrative porn playing on the screens. Oh, yeah. The camera zooms like, past your curls. <laughs> <laughs> your hand raises across. Uh, um, well, listen, uh, I unfortunately have to end this stunning episode. Jason, thank you for coming on That's a Gay Ass Podcast. Where can people follow you? Uh, on the socials, JMS Pinafore. Uh, oh, I have a book coming out. Jason? 
I co-wrote a book with Trinity the Tuck. Are you kidding? Mazel no, no, no. Tov. That is so fucking Wait, g- give me the give me the deets. What is this book? She she did a manuscript of a really fucked up version of a Christmas carol. Oh. And over the summer, her manager is a very dear friend, and he said, um, we're looking for someone to maybe just help judge a couple corners, round some edges out. And Trinity and I got on so well. I think just the world of her. And she like offered a really lovely credit. I thought I was just gonna like ghostwrite it and call it, but I'm getting credit, baby. You are getting credit and you deserve the goddamn world. And is there any tea as to when we can expect to see this book into the world? I think I think pre-order literally started today. Oh my God, I cannot yes, wait. Yes, it's called, I think it's called uh, Trinity Ruins Christmas. And it's, uh, yeah, it, go to her Instagram, go to her website, it's all over. I'm already a fan of Trinity, but knowing that JMS Pinafore is Ugh. a part of this journey, hello. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but whatever. Uh, she wrote it alongside doing an entire album and the album is very like um, they did all songs that would be in the world of the book they it's like very Jesus Christ Superstar we're writing the show before we write the show yes you are you know what I mean yes you are and I and I'm not saying this just because I'm a fan of it but there is one song in there that I'm like you have no business being that good really that song is really it's a ballad too so it's giving it's gonna give crossover. Uh, it is great. It's giving crossover. Yeah. yeah. So I can't wait for everyone to hear that. What? I think I can say that. Whatever. I think you can. And if you can't, we love an exclusive. A gay ass ex- That's a gay ass <laughs> exclusive. Um, Jason, thank you for coming on. I'll see you at the Eagle and God bless America. Oh God love you and everywhere you know. Thank you so much for listening to That's a Gay Ass Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, there is more at patreon.com slash gayasspodcast, where you also will find the full entire Gay Ass Life show with Bowen Yang, Jessica Vosk, Chris Murphy, and more. As always, I'm grateful you're here. I hope you spread the gay ass word, and I'll see you next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.